All right, good morning, church. Good morning, good morning. My name's Rebecca, and I am so glad to be here. Oh, Rebecca. Thank you. Uh, well, church, you know what I was thinking about is because so we have been learning about the names of God, and the purpose of that is so that we can know Him, right, and His character. And in Psalm 25, so it's a Psalm of David, and I'm going to read verse 4 and 5, make known, make me know, make me know your ways, O Lord, teach me your paths, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day. And I was just thinking about, you know, David speaking from a place of being able to trust God because he has experienced God in his life and knows what that looks like. So I was thinking about, you know, there's some of us that we just need to be reminded that God is our provider, that he is our healer, that he is our banner, who we get to go to, and our peace. And we'll learn, you know, more of how awesome God is. And so some of us need to be reminded and some of us, some of us need to know what to expect, right? And I was thinking of what a beautiful place to be that I kind of, I was thinking about how I get to be reminded and then ready to be able to kind of, if somebody asks me, if somebody asks me, why is God a big deal? Why do you serve him? You know, who is this God? I get to be like, oh, don't you know? He provides, right? He heals, right? He's who I get to go to, right? So these are the, you know, the, those practical points of why it's so important to know who God is, right? So that we get to trust. We get to trust and know that this is who he is. And so church, stand with me. We get to worship our awesome God is so worthy you know he's trustworthy thank you Jesus pray with me father I thank you for this morning I thank you father for who you are and I thank you for revealing that to us that we can know you father thank you father for showing us your ways this morning we lift up your name your name Jesus your name your name father your name Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. Thank you, Father, for continuing to show us. In Jesus' name, amen. Era tum busot in deretusho, era tum busolotombisi, era tum bakihem. There's more that's happening than what you see. There is more that's happening than what you see. The natural does not trump the supernatural. The supernatural is higher, more powerful, more influential. The unseen is what we hope in. The God who works behind the scenes. The God who works within us. The God who works through us. 
greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. There's more that's happening than what you see. The world puts their hope in what they see. The world puts their trust, their their pride in what is seen. (laughs) And God sits in the heavens and laughs. Because he sees what isn't seen. He knows what isn't known. His ways are much higher than our ways. He's definitely, his ways are much higher than their ways. We win. He wins, therefore we win. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Because you're God. You're God. You are God. And you are Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. We're on the winning side. We're on the winning side of everything. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, turn to somebody, shake some hands, hugs. Okay, for for offering a message, giving is a reminder of the blessing God has given us through Jesus Christ. We find in John 3.16, and everybody knows John 3.16, but I find three things in John 3.16 that are worth looking at. God's motivation for giving was love. And then he gave himself in the person of his son, Jesus. And then he gave in a response to our need. So I find being that we, as born-again Christians, have the same spirit in us that Jesus had, then our giving should be done out of love, the need that he sets before us. I want to read three quotes on giving. One's by C.S. Lewis. He says, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. And then Charles Spurgeon said, God has a way of giving by the cartloads to those that give by the shovelfuls. And just one more. There were a lot of good ones, but I cut it down to three. Randy Elkhorn, he said, the more you give, the more comes back to you because God is the greatest giver in the universe and he won't let you outgive him. Go ahead and try. See what happens. So let's pray for the offering. Father, I thank you that the same spirit that lives in Jesus lives in us. Teach us to be not just lovers, but lovers that love to give and help us to be hearers of where you want us to give. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so we have been talking the last few weeks about the names of God, and, and uh, Becca was absolutely right. Uh, we, are, we do this because we, we need to know who God is, and he very clearly revealed who he was. He, he said, here's who I am. He, you know, in, when, he, when uh, Moses went to the burning bush, he says, he says, if I tell the people that I talk to God, they're going to say, what's his name? And God says, well, okay, my name is I am that I am. And he's like, well, what does that mean? Boy, that, that alone 
is depth. There is so much meaning, so much history, so much uh, uh, symbolism in those words. I am that I am. Well, first of all, remember in the New Testament it says that God says to begin with, you have to believe that I am. We have to believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then throughout uh, the Old Testament, but also into the New Testament, Jesus on at least three different uh, uh, locations or situations said, I am. And that wasn't by accident. He said it on purpose. Purposefully, he, he was saying, I am. And even the, the last one was at the, the night he was betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. They said, we're looking for, you know, they said, who are you looking for? We're looking for Jesus. And he, said, and he goes, I am. And what happened when he said, I am? They all fell down. There's power in that name. There's power. You know, I had a guy tell me one time, well, Jesus never said he was God. Uh, eh, bad answer. You don't know the New Testament. He said it many times. He said it many times. And so in that, the, the, the understanding who he is by his revelation is absolutely paramount. So we've been talking about the names of God. We've been talking about, we started out with uh, the Lord, our provider. Which one is that? Lord, uh, the Lord, our provider. Jehovah Jireh. God is, he, he reveals himself as the one who provides. Then we talked about the Lord, our healer. What is that? Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. I'm not going to go into any of those just because, I mean, we, you've got the, the, all the online stuff. You can, you can go through that. Then there's the Lord our banner, which was kind of the weird one. I mean, that's the one I, I've actually enjoyed that one uh, the best so, much, so far because, you know, what does that mean? The Lord is our banner. What was that one? Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi. And then the, the one we did last week uh, was the Lord our peace, which is Shalom. When uh, Julie called last night and I was talking to her about all of this, I said, how are you doing? She goes, you know what? I have peace. Everything's going to be fine. That's what we're talking about. Yes, we go through stuff. Stuff happens. Satan's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. He's trying to take your joy. He's trying to hurt your feelings. He's trying to cause you to, to experience pain. But in the middle of it, we don't have to go, ah, ah, and freak out. In the middle of it, we can have peace that God is in control. And it doesn't make any sense, really. And, and that's why he said you know, that, that it is uh, the peace that passes all understanding. You know, and then at the end of, the, the, of that message last week, and you'll have to walk, go back, like I say, go back and, and watch that video, uh, I started talking about how, how do we do that then? And it was really interesting because as I had studied it out, and, I, and I, it, while I was preaching, I, I was uh, just talking about how do we do that. And, we, and I think what was the, the verses that I was talking about here, uh, it's in Philippians 4, 4, and 4, 4, 5 through 7. And I had read all of that, and, and, was, and I shared about how we actually walk in peace. And then I ended. And, I'm, and it was weird because I just, I just ended, and it was, we were done, and it seemed like it was the end. And I had the, the Kara students all come up and and share and uh, Susanna Shackley came up after and she goes did you read verse 8 and I went you know I did read verse 8 but I didn't share it so she gets to share it this Sunday so I've asked uh, Susanna to come up because verse 8 is really the one it kind of ties it all together and so uh, um, 
Susanna, yeah, you got to come up here. Yeah, you got to come up on the stage here. If I have to come up on the stage, you have to come up on the stage. So um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So at the beginning of the service last week, Tom Heitman, uh, he shared John 16, 33, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And I'm going to be reading from the Amplified. So he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. And so what Tom shared was really good, talking about how we have peace in me. Christ was saying peace in me. But what was being highlighted to me and impressed upon me was take courage, take courage, be confident. What was impressed upon me, the Holy Spirit was showing me, these are action verbs. This is active. Um, it's not passive. And then later, um, turns out Pastor John was talking about God, God our peace, God, Jehovah Shalom, and he used verses uh, John 14, 27, um, in his in his teaching, peace I leave with you, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed, and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. And again, just the illumination this is action verbs. This is action. It's not passive. Do not let. Stop allowing. You know, take courage. And so I was saying, I, I, know, the, I know the what. Your, your, your Jehovah Shalom, your peace, but how? How? And so when you went at the end to Philippians 4, um, reading the very familiar verses, you know, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then I have begun the practice, and I think it's a good practice, that when someone is sharing a scripture, and, and you concluded it there, which was awesome, the text was concluded, but... I just kept reading, because I want to know the context. I look at beforehand, I look afterhand, and I want to know the context. And God answered my question, how? Whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. Yes. Practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. This is the Apostle Paul talking. And model your way of living on it. And the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being well, well will be with you. And it was just, that is it. It's where are we fixing our minds? We just need to live like we know how to live, modeling the disciples, the apostles, modeling Christ, fixing our minds on what we know is true. And there are three things I know are true and that I remind myself constantly. God is good. Yes. He loves me. Yeah. And he is on the throne. Yeah. 
And even more, we are seated with him. And so regardless of our circumstances, what is, and it's funny what you shared this morning too, because it's exactly the words that I had this morning as well. Whatever is going on on the world stage, what our circumstances are, behind the scenes, there is a God, our God, who has not given up his authority. Amen? And so we need to keep our mind fixed on that and believe what Jesus said. His is the kingdom, his is the power, and his is the glory forever. Amen? Amen. That's exactly right. She could keep going, you know, as far as I'm concerned. She's on a roll. But that's it, isn't it? I mean, we, we have circumstances in our life, and we have to deal with those circumstances. That's the reality. We live in a world where, you know, it isn't like we're, we're, we have our head stuck in the sand and we're going, nope, nope, it's not happening, it's not happening, because it's happening. The world stuff's happening in this world. But praise God, take heart because he's overcome the world. And in that, how do we do it? Think on those things. Whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is good, of good report, of those things, think on those. When we think about that, and we, we you know, because we could have the other thoughts. It's going to go bad. It's not going to be good. We're in trouble. We're, you know, there's no hope and so on. It, you, if you put your head on that, your mind on that, you're going to go down. You're not going to be able to stand. You're not going to be able to make it. But here we are. We're, we know the difference. We know what's true, so now we need to do it. Whenever those circumstances come up, we choose, actively choose, to choose good. Choose truth. Choose hope. Choose all these things. And how, where do we find those things? In the names of God. We find out who, what, those things are never going to change. He's always going to be good. He's always going to love us. He's always going to be on the throne. He's always going to be our healer. He's always going to be our provider. He's always going to be our banner, the one we look to, that we point to, that we, you know, the, all the answers are about him. And he's always going to be our peace. He could be our peace in the most hor- horrible situations. He can be our peace. So then, who else is he? So we keep moving forward. We, we've been studying the, the Jehovah names. You know, there's all kinds of names. Maybe we'll go somewhere like that, but maybe somebody will teach a class on the, all the names of God. But we've been talking about the Jehovah names. So go with me to 2 Samuel. We're going to do the next one today. 2 Samuel chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel's right after 1 Samuel, <laughs> chapter 6, beginning with verse 1, and it says, David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. It's called by the name the Lord of hosts. Why? Because he sits there. That's who he is. He's there. His presence is there. And it's not just his presence. It's everything that he is and everything that backs him, that's, that's with him. You know, does he back, do they back him up or does he back them up? You know, hello. But he's the Lord of hosts. We're not, you know, this, what, the Lord, I, I, what the Lord put in my heart to share this morning in that word, I was like, well, that's what I'm going to preach. It's kind of like I'm doing a self-serve. You go say it anyway. 
It needs to be said. People need to hear. What's happening behind the scenes, what's happening behind the scenes is bigger. It's more powerful. It's more effective. It's going to have the right outcome than what we see. What we see is temporal. What we see, what we understand, can be affected by every wind, every influence, every newscast, every bad report. But what's happening behind the scenes gets only affected by who's on the throne, who he is, and he does not change. He said, I am the, I am the God who does not change. If he's good, if he was good at the beginning, he's good at the end. And every moment in between, he is good. And so we need to know who he is. Well, the, the, the Lord of hosts, that name is, now here's the deal. I love, I've actually been having a lot of fun studying this out. I used to think it was Jehovah Sabaoth. That's the way it's spelled. S-A-B-A-O-T-H. Jehovah Sabaoth. I was wrong. I actually had to look up the pronunciation. It's actually Tassah. Tasaba. Kind of like Chubba. <laughs> Looks nothing like how it's spelled. So it's it's like so phonetically it's T-S-A-W. Everybody say Tasa. Tasa. The the second part is ba, but B-A-W. But it's actually more like V. So Tsava. Sava. Say everybody say it now. You're thinking, wait, wait, I'm not saying it. We've got to say it. Everybody ready? Tsava. Tsva. Tsva. It's actually one syllable. Tsva. It's not Sabaoth. It's Tsva. Now turn to somebody and go, Tsva. <laughs> turn to somebody at home and go, Tsva. Tsva. He goes, I'm the, I am Tsva. Jehovah or Yehovah. Yehovah Tsva. Which means there are more with me than it's against me. He is the Lord of hosts. Do you know it doesn't say the Lord of hosts? It says the Lord of hosts. Let's go to 2 Kings. We were there just a couple of weeks ago, but it's worth repeating. 2 Kings chapter 6. It's the story of Elijah and his servant. I'm not going to preach the whole thing. You can go back and find that one. But it's that it is the perfect example of this. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 says, When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, so he went out, he got his cup of coffee, he went out on the veranda, and he looked out over the hills expecting the sun to come up, and what does he see? He says he sees an army with horses and chariots were all or was all around the city. And the servant of God said, alas. No, he didn't say alas. He went, whoa. That's what he did. Dude, there's an army around us. My master, oh, alas, my master. Dude, Elisha, what shall we do? Do not be afraid, Elisha said. Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Those who are with Pastor John Moe 
are more than those who are trying to kill him. Those who are with Vern and Mary Norton right now, and they lost, they lost one of their daughters this week. Terrible. And they had every opportunity to, to, I mean, they're hurting. I mean, obviously they're hurting. But he told me, he says, John, we, we're, we're good. We're okay. We're, we're, we're standing strong. Why? Because they know there's more who are with them than those who are against them. Your situation, whatever you're dealing with right now, many times it can feel like, like there's no hope. It's just too big. It's too impossible. It's just, it's just overwhelming. And that's, you know, the, all these stories, that, that servant looking out and seeing this army surrounding the city. There is no escape from this in the natural. There's no fighting against them in the natural. Elijah, or Elisha, Elisha and the servant did not have a physical army protecting them. My guess was the people in the city, when they found out they were after Elisha, they go, here. <laughs> They're not backing him up. Why would they? He's, 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 uh, he's against the king. The king doesn't like him. We, like, we want to be friends with the king. We don't want to go against him. So it is literally Elisha and his servant. I mean, kudos. Kudos for his servant because the servant could have said, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. I just and walked away. But he's like, we're surrounded. He's standing with Elisha. And Elisha goes, relax. We understand. He goes, I understand. It, it looks terrible right now. It looks like there's no way out. There's no way out. And all they have to do is say, go, and it's all over. They'll, they'll catch him, they'll tie him up, they'll take him to the king, and the rest will be history. There is no hope. Just like when you get whatever diagnosis from the doctor that says, there is no hope. Huh. There's more with us. There's more with me. And, and there's times when you have to actually say that. Just being honest with you, there's times when I've said there are more with me than those who are against me. There are more standing with me. Well, there's nobody, nobody there, but I understand that what I see is not the end. What I see, what I, what I perceive in the natural is not the last part of the story. There is a way out. He's provided. He said he will provide a way out where there is no way. But you have to, sometimes you have to say it. Why? Why do you have to say it? Well, there's, there's power in saying it. There's power in words. You can think it. You know, every once in a while, I'll be, I'll be just dealing with a situation. I'll be, you know, I mean, and I've I'm, I'm been a pastor for nearly 30 years now. And I've, I'll be dealing with a situation. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God will say to me, say it. I mean, what do you, I'm thinking, well, I've been praying it. I've been, you know, I've been driving and praying. And, I said, and he goes, say it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's times when you need to say it. Why? Because you need to hear it. <laughs> you need to hear it. And the forces against you need to hear it. 
There's been a lot of times when I've been all, had all kinds of pressure, all kinds of force, all kinds of attack, and all of a sudden, I'll just say, there are more with me than against me. All, all those who rise up against me will fall. That's not arrogance. That's truth. That's the word of God. And the, 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 the evil report shall fall on the ground. I don't know if that's exactly a, serv- uh, 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 scripture, but it should be. <laughs> we can get there. I can get there. I could preach a sermon on that. That, that those words that are spoken, oh, the curse causeth return. That's, a, that's the whole King James thing coming out. Sorry about that. What it basically says is if the curse comes against you, if there's no reason for it to stay, which there isn't because God has redeemed me from the curse, it returns back. It doesn't affect me. But there's times when you need to say that. You need to say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. There's times when you need to say, my children will not walk away from God. My children will remember the word of the Lord. My my body is healed in Jesus' name. My finances are healed, are restored. That which is being stolen from me must be returned sevenfold. I've said that many, many times. Quote that scripture, that when the thief is caught, then, 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 that, then, then the, the, the thief has to return sevenfold. I've told, I've told the devil many times, you're going to give me back sevenfold. Everything that's been stolen in this situation. Wow, just all of a sudden a flood of these memories of these times when one time it was a, a years and years and years ago, it was about wages. My boss cheated me on some wages. And I was like, ooh, you know that just like, oh, that's not right. That's not right. And I was just, I was, I was whining and complaining. Do you know the Bible says there's no faith in whining and complaining? <laughs> No, where is their faith? By quoting the word of God, by speaking truth, speaking, by f- focusing on the good report. And I was whining and complaining, and God says, are you done yet? I said, yeah. And he goes, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, well, the, the word says that if the thief is caught, that he has to return sevenfold. All right. So I, I prayed that quietly, because I was, you know, didn't want to say it out loud. And the Holy Spirit said, say it. I said, all right, the thief is caught, and you have to give me back sevenfold, seven times what was stolen. I can't tell you the whole thing, because some of you might know that person, and so you just, whether it's on TV or whatever, because we have people watching from all over the country. And I said, I said, that thief is going to be caught, and that thief, or he is caught, and it needs to repay me sevenfold. And the Holy Spirit said, how much would that be? And I went, oh. So I took the number that it was, Multiplied it times seven, and I said, this amount, X amount, it's that, that's, that's how much I'm believing for. Within one year, that came in supernaturally. There's power in the word. Why? Because it isn't just my word. I have the Lord of hosts who is backing me up. It's his word. It's his word. It's his truth. It's his life. And he's given me, because of what Jesus did on that cross, because of the covenant I have, everything that's his is mine. That means every word is mine. And I have the authority, you have the authority to speak it. You have the authority, and it's not just you, because Satan will tell you, well, that's just you. 
that's just you. And, and you sinned this morning. You don't deserve to be able to say that. Because we're going to get to Jehovah, I think it's Sit Canoe, which is another one of my favorite ones. Sit Canoe. Jehovah, which is the Lord my righteousness. My righteousness doesn't come from my own goodness. He says, I am the Lord Sitkanu. I am the Lord, your righteousness. His righteousness is mine, which gives me every right to claim everything that he said I have. It's a transaction. It's, it's, a, it's a legal transaction. It's legal. And we have our lawyer sitting on the right hand of the Father saying, that's mine. He has the right to do that. Oh, I rule in the play in the... The plaintiff, is it the plaintiff? I don't know. I haven't watched enough. <laughs> plaintiff, yeah. Yeah, even when I'm wrong, I'm right, see? Even when I don't know. But it's not because it's my word, it's because it's his word, and he is the Lord of hosts. There are more with us than against us. Let's see this in the New Testament. Turn over to Matthew. Matthew chapter 26. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 26, beginning with verse 51. You can read before it later. <laughs> Matthew chapter 26. I encourage you to do that's That's exactly how you study the Word. You read it in context. What's really happening here in the big picture? If I did that, it would take me two hours. Do you want to stay for a two-hour sermon? I didn't think so. Matthew chapter 26, beginning with verse 51, says, And behold, this is, this is Jesus speaking or going to be speaking here in a second second says and behold one of those who were with jesus stretched out his hand drew his sword it's peter just so you know we're going to tell on him it's peter drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear then jesus said to him put your sword back in his place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword and then verse 53 wow do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father and he will at once send more than 12 legions of angels? He understood the Lord of hosts. In that moment, he understood who he was. He could have ended it right there. He's like, he's, he's, he is doing everything we've talked about. He is the provision for our, our sin. He's going to die on that cross. His blood's going to be shed. His body's going to be broken. He is the provision. By his stripes, when he was whipped beyond recognition, by his stripes we are healed. He is the Lord of our peace. We see the peace right here. He knows exactly what's about to happen and what is in the midst of happening. He's going, stop it. Peter, put your sword back. Dude, don't you know I could end this right now? I mean, if he was really scared to death and he just was, he, he was outside of his control, he could have called 12, 12 legions and God would have sent 12 legions. But he didn't because he was also the lamb that was being led to the slaughter. I mean, there's so many times, so many times throughout his ministry where they wanted to kill him. They were going to take him and throw him over, over the cliff. When we were in Israel, we saw across the valley, across the, the Armageddon Valley, we saw uh, Nazareth. 
And Nazareth has, a, has this cliff. I don't know if it was that cliff, but it was a big cliff. It was, it was like, okay, that's the cliff. That's good enough for me. They were going to throw him over a cliff, and, his, and he didn't even argue with them. It just says he turned and walked away. Why? Because it wasn't his time. If it's not your time, you're not going anywhere. Unless Satan convinces you it's your time. Don't let him convince you. Understand what the word says. With long life will I satisfy you. Are you satisfied, Jim? There you go. Why is Jim still here? Why is, I mean, I ask that myself all the time. No, no, I don't. No, no, I don't. But why is Jim still here? Because, because he and those around him understand that he's not going one second. Many of us, why are we, why are we still here? Why are, why are we still kicking? Because he ain't done with us yet. Now, Satan can try to convince you that you're done. Well, then you're done. But as long as you know who he is, what, who, who, ah, do shu lu ku shata he. It ain't done yet. It is not done yet. Don't let him convince you that you're done. Don't let him convince you. That's why all he can do is lie. You're not done. Your kids aren't done. Your family's not done. There's still breath in their lungs. There's still hope. Your friends who you've been praying for for salvation, they're not done yet. Well, yeah, but it's bad. You know, they've bought the lie. They're doing this and they're doing, they're drinking themselves to death or they're doing this or they're, you know, they're in prison. Okay. Man, I, I can't use names, but I have a friend I went to high school with who's been in federal prison for 24 years, at least 23, 24 years. When he went in, man, that guy was mean. He was a bad guy. He's as big as me, but he is not as nice as me. He was a bad, bad guy. By accident, I bumped across somebody's, somebody's Facebook. He's been in prison for, for years, years and years. He's preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, I just, I had to get up and start dancing when I saw that one. There's, he's not, we're not done yet, folks. They're not done yet. The people you're praying for aren't done yet. Satan will try to tell you you're done. Satan will try to tell you to give up, quit. No, why should, because, well, it's just you. You're the only one. You've made a decision to stand, and that's, all, that's so cute that you've made a decision to stand. I've been hearing this phrase all week, you and whose army? I'm going to do this. Well, how do, why do you think you can do this? Because I have an army that you don't see. I have a God that you don't see, and he is the Lord of hosts. Every word I speak is backed up by him. We win. We win. Don't give up. Jesus said, don't you realize I could call 12 legions? That's a lot. How much is a legion? Scholar. 6,000 times 12? <laughs> a lot. Thank you. Yeah. You get a, you get a, you get a C- for effort on that one. It, 
I, I can't do the math. You, got, you math people need to do it. 72,000? Did you do that? Oh, yeah. It's a lot. I agree, it's a lot. And every one of them are backed up by the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's not a battle that we, like we think. It's not a battle where, well, dang it, the, the devil brought 73,000. Shoot. I guess we don't win this one. No, come on. It wouldn't matter if there was one. Why? Because we have, the, we have God. And it's not, that's not where the battle is. The battle's right here. Whether you believe it or not, and whether you believe it or not, or enough to stand on it, and whether you believe it enough to speak it, and whether you believe it enough to keep walking it out. The Lord of hosts. Jesus ends this. Let me, I'll go back to verse 53, and I'll end it with 54. Do you think I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once send me more than 12 do you know that all you have to do is appeal to the Father and He will send you at once? Twelve legions of angels. And then verse 54. But how then should the Scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? He understood who He was. He understood that He needed to die on that cross. Why? Because He was thinking about you. He was thinking about you and me. And he had to do that, otherwise we'd, we'd be lost. Praise God. You know, if, if he had not gone to the cross, think about this just for a second. If he had not gone to the cross, had not died on that, on that cross, if he had not shed his blood, if he hadn't, his body had not been broken, we would have to follow all of the Levitical laws. For those of you who are reading Le Leviticus right now, you have got to be kidding me. That right there is enough for you to praise God for the rest of eternity. <laughs> that all the law was fulfilled. Praise God. I read that stuff. Well, actually, I don't read it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, I hit it on, on read. You know, it reads it to me in, into an earbud. I just listen and go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you imagine doing sacrifices all day long? Those guys started with white robes. By the end of the day, you know, and if they messed up, man, praise God. Leviticus is painful. Praise God that all the law is wrapped up in this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. Praise God. Let's stand. Father, I thank you that we're not alone. I thank you, Lord, that you are the God of hosts, the Lord of hosts. There are more with us than against us. Thank you, Father, that you didn't leave us here all by ourselves to figure it out and defend for ourselves, but you gave us light. You gave us hope. Thank you, Father, for salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for your obedience. If there's anyone, anyone here today who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you can receive him right now. You don't have to wait for anything else. Right here, right now, 
You can say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I receive what Jesus did on the cross for me. Be the Lord of my life. I'm going to let you, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Whatever you say goes. I'll do it. I'll follow you. By your, with your help. <laughs> with your help. Because we're not perfect. Not, even now we're not perfect. But the Bible says, unless a man be born again, they will not see the kingdom of heaven. And so, Father, right now, I pray that every heart, every heart here, every heart in this building, every, every person listening by audio or video, that in their heart, if they don't know you, Father, I pray that they're drawn to you right now. Father, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. It's that easy. It's not a ceremony. It's a, it's a heart change. It's a, and then you speak it. The Bible says that you say it. Because with, with your heart you believe, and with your mouth you speak. And once you're born again, you will see him. You will be with him. But also, he sends a comforter. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have the elders come forward. We always have the elders come forward at the end of each service. And they're going to be up here to pray for you, to pray for whatever, you know, if there's anything you need agreement with or prayer. But if you, if you, you go, I, want, I need to be born again. I need to receive Jesus. Talk to them. They'll love to lead you to the Lord. So... They're going, to be up, they're going to be up front here and praying with you, but also if you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, praise God. They'd love to pray with you for that. Bring you there. Amen? Hallelujah. So, Father, I just, we just pray a blessing on this congregation today, and I thank you, Lord, as we go out, we get to enjoy this absolutely gorgeous day that's ahead of us. And I thank you for safety in the next couple of days when the storms come back. Pray that you'll just watch over us and keep us safe in, in every way. In Jesus' name, 